All right, welcome. Good morning to each of you. You are at Navigating Polarized Relationships, so hopefully you're in the place you want to be. I am Kelly Hare, and I direct the Boone Center for the Family on campus here at Pepperdine. I'm curious for a show of hands, who's familiar with the Boone Center, who's heard of it? Okay, maybe most, but not all. The Boone Center for the Family is a relationship training and resource center. So what this means is we offer trainings about how to live out healthy relationships through two key programs, Relationship IQ, which is for young adults, and Relate Strong, which is for regular adults, we'll say, and young adults could benefit from it as well. And we produce resources to help folks like you, people in the church, people at the Pepperdine community, live out healthy relationships. Um, we're located up at Drescher campus. If you uh, take a moment and go up to Heroes Garden, we're up in that vicinity of campus up there. And um, this is a funny kind of, not exactly deja vu moment for me, but the last time Harbor was you know, live together was three years ago, and I was expecting a baby at that time. <laughs> Due August 2nd, here I am again, years later, due August 12th, and so it's, it's, it's all coming again. But there's another baby in between. So, so it has been, a lot has happened in the three years since we were all here together at Harbor um, in person. My, my life has changed dramatically, So I know many's, many folks' lives have changed in different ways. So it's just odd and different to be back again. Um, but glad to be here. So this presentation is intended to raise your awareness about polarized differences, to better understand what's going on in the midst of polarized differences and why are they so challenging to navigate. So that will be kind of, there's three parts. That will be part one. We're going to go through a series of questions to help raise your awareness of what's actually going on in the midst of polarized relationships. Part two I will describe a concept to you called differentiation um, and then I'll offer you a framework, something called the pain and the peace cycles that pulls together the concept of differentiation, which is going to offer a framework for more action, kind of doing something different in the midst of polarized relationships. And we'll finish the conversation with part three on grief, talking about the role of grief as a helpful way of navigating polarized relationships. Let me also offer this to you. This is not the end-all be-all to fix every polarized relationship you have. This is one lens, this is one perspective um, to take some steps forward in really challenging relationships. I am journeying alongside each of you in the midst of challenging relationships because of differences that run deep. And so I consider myself a learner just like you all, you know, working through um, living well relationally during this time. So I hope our time together helps you have a better understanding of what's going on in the midst of the dynamics to make more helpful relational choices going forward. Let's see, where did I, I had my clicker here somewhere. Okay. All right, so increasing awareness. We're going to start with the questions on your handout. And what I want you to do is think about a relationship in your life that is polarized. Think of a person that you relate with and you experience yourself 
being on different ends of the spectrum on certain issues. So as a, as a way to help you think about kind of which relationship you want to choose to think through, um, let's consider what are some polarized issues out there? So if you're from, you know, what are types of things that people have great differences on? Politics. Politics, okay. Sexuality. Sexuality. Religion. Religion. Money. Money. Gun control. Raising kids, climate change, COVID, justice. I mean, the, the list is long these days of where people find themselves in a different place in a way that matters. Does everybody have a handout before I move in? Okay, so think of a person that you relate with um, where you see things differently and hold that relationship in mind as we go through these questions. And you can circle um, yes or no. Does everybody have a pen? Okay, great. So is the polarized relationship with a spouse or romantic partner? Is this somebody who's particularly in close relationship with you? Is the polarized relationship with a family member? Somebody who lives in your home, a child. sister or brother. If the relationship is with a family member, looking at question three, is the family member an immediate family member, part of your broader family of origin, or an extended family member? Kind of who, who is this person within your family? Often we experience greater pain in polarized differences among family relationships or with a spouse. These tend to be more intense. Question four, is the polarized relationship with a friend? Question five, is the polarized relationship with a colleague, somebody you work with? So here we're just thinking about kind of what is the type of relationship with this person? Now we want to consider the type of polarized difference. What is the nature of this difference? What is the difference all about? Question six, does the experience of polarization arise from a difference of preference? So this is something maybe simple, more simple. What color do you want to paint the bedroom? Where do you want to go to eat? Where do you want to go on vacation? And there's not a sense of right or wrong. People, there's an understanding that this is a matter of preference. Or does the experience of polarization arise from a difference in belief of what is, i.e. reality, what is actually true. So these types of differences might sound like America is a highly racist society, or America is not a highly racist society, or global warming is occurring and is a big problem, or global warming is not occurring, or if it is, it's not a big problem. These are differences of a belief of what is true, what is reality. These differences tend to be felt more acutely because we're looking at the world around us and we're coming to different conclusions about what is. So we feel this difference more strongly than a difference of preference. Looking at question eight, does the experience of polarization arise from a difference in belief of what ought to be? 
So maybe we have the same understanding of what is, what reality is, but we think things should be different. Our expectations of what ought to be diverges. So this might sound like individuals should have the freedom to decide whether or not they wear a mask, or the government should have this authority to prescribe masks. This uh, difference of what ought to be could be LGBTQ plus should be normalized, or LGBTQ plus should not be normalized. There's not a, dis a difference of whether or not LGBTQ relationships exist, but it's a difference of what ought to be, how things should be responded to or treated. These differences tend to be felt more acutely, just like differences of what is. So keep considering this relationship, and where does the difference lie? Does the experience of polarization arise from a difference in belief of how to achieve the same goal? So we want the same thing, but we have different ideas about how we should get there. So for example, very few people would disagree with the idea that we all want fewer criminals or people <coughs> dying or being murdered at the hands of criminals. Everybody feels the same way, but people have differences of how do we get there? How do we prevent that? How do we decrease crime or murder? These differences seem often are felt a little bit, are not as heightened because we want the same goal. We have the same thing in mind, but it's a difference of how to get there. On a scale of one to five, to what extent do you feel that the issue driving the polarization is one of significance to your faith or worldview? How central is this issue to you? You can rate that on a scale of one to five. For example, um, a difference of, or an example of faith could be God is our creator. He has a plan and order for the world. We should submit to him. He knows best. Or Human feelings and experience should be prioritized over what God says. Another example of worldview difference or faith, critical race theory is a helpful way for understanding the world, or critical race theory is not a fitting way to understand the world, or critical race theory is consistent with a Christian worldview, or critical race theory is not consistent with a Christian worldview. So these would be types of differences that are really central to a person's faith or worldview. On a scale of one to five, to what extent do you believe that the issue driving the polarization will practically impact the well-being of your life or your loved one's lives? So to what extent does this hit home on a daily basis and it impacts your experience or your loved one's experience in the world of just daily living? How in your face is it? LGBTQ plus normalization or not could be something that has a high impact about a person's, on a person's lived experience. Or vaccine mandates or passports or masks, whether they're regulated by the government or not, could be something that could have a high impact on your life or well-being. So to continue to think about the nature of the difference and the person that you're relating with, kind of what is actually going on amidst the difference. More broadly, on a scale of one to five, to what extent do you feel that the issue driving the polarization is or will make a significant difference in the overarching well-being of humankind? So maybe this difference doesn't show up in your life or your loved one's life, 
but you feel like where people stand on this issue will greatly impact broader humanity. Often when we feel things acutely in our life or a loved one's life, we're gonna feel greater tension around this difference versus when it's more general and broad that just impacts humankind in general. Faith is an interesting element to consider when understanding what's going on amidst the polarization. There tends to be a sense that if, the, if you're looking at a relationship between two Christians, that we carry an expectation that we're going to see the world the same way or we should land in the same place of what ought to be, how to get there, what is. And so when the difference is between two Christians, the polarization and the frustration and the tension in that relationship tends to be higher than if the relationship is between a Christian and a non-Christian because the Christian is probably not going to carry the expectation that the non-Christian should believe just like them. There's kind of an understanding of we're coming from a different place. Maybe I would like the person to believe like I do, but there's less of an expectation or a sense of should, like we should land in the same place on this. You know, if, if you claim God, God and you claim Jesus as your Savior, then we should all be aligned here. So those are questions 13 and 14 there. Timing is another element to consider when understanding what's going on in the midst of this relationship. Was the polarization present at the start of the relationship? Sometimes when the polarization comes up after you've gotten to know a person for a long time and it's a surprise, that will be experienced in a more devastating way of like, oh wow, I thought we were on the same page. You know, you assumed you were on the same page on something and then you discover later on that you weren't. Versus if you're very aware going into the relationship that you're in different places on the issue, that can be less disruptive to the relationship. So question 16, consider when in the relationship did the polarization happen? Was it with a parent that you've known your whole life and then you discover, wow, we really see things differently? Or is it with someone that you knew from the get-go or a weekend you had this realization of, oh, wow, we're in different places here? Consider the element of timing. Power dynamics in the relationship can greatly color the experience of polarization. Has the person that you're considering been a mentor to you or otherwise someone you looked up to or sought guidance from? Or are you a mentor towards this person? Often, if the issue um, has arisen in relationship with a mentor or someone who's been in power over you, that can create more complicated, challenging, intense dynamics of like, wow, I looked up to this person, I followed this person, and then I discover we really see things differently. Or has this person played a healing role in your life? For example, if you had a poor relationship with your mom, this person has offered you an experience of a mother figure that's been very positive, and then you find out you're in different places. That can be unsettling and upsetting of like, oh wow, this person has been just so helpful and now it seems like the relationship is spoiled because of this difference. Or does this person have authority over you in some way, a supervisor, a pastor, 
that's challenging too. It's harder to navigate those dynamics. There's more to consider in a way, especially in a work setting of to what extent do I share what I think, feel, or believe? Is this going to jeopardize my employment or being able to get a promotion or something like that? Um, so power can really make it more challenging to navigate the relationship. Dynamics within the polarization. Are you able to clearly articulate why you believe, think, or feel, or behave in the way you do? Now this is saying, are you able, like do you know how that you could personally, if you needed to write a little paragraph about why you believe what you believe, could you do it to, to explain why you've landed in a certain place? Or do you just know, this is what I think, and I know I read these different things about climate change, and I know I've landed here, but I can't really remember what I've read, and I can't really tell it to myself or tell it to another person. When you are unable to give that explanation, either to yourself or to others, that can intensify the polarization. Because you can feel like, well, you can kind of have a sense of self-doubt or feel like you're not empowered to be able to share what you think, like if you can't show your math, so to speak. You know where you land, but you can't articulate how you got there. That can be troubling. And it's not just about being able to share it with other people, but for yourself to be able to be clear of, I know why I landed here and how I, why I believe what I believe. Uh, question 21, are there other dynamics that come to mind that shape your experience of a polarized relationship? So just take a moment to consider, are there other things that are going on in the relationship that you're thinking about that we have not touched on today um, so far that you think color what's happening? Now we want to transition away from considering the relationship that you've had in mind to thinking about your relationships more generally. So we're going to leave that specific relationship aside because other relationships that are going on in our life and the state of those can impact how we experience one particular relationship. So zooming out in general, because of where you stand on the polarizing issue that's at the core of the difference between you and the person that you've been thinking about, on a scale of one to five, to what extent do you feel like an outsider among your family? So let's say it's the issue of COVID and the relationship you're considering, you really feel differently than this other person. What's it like for you as you discuss COVID in your family, for example? Do you feel like an outsider or do you have a, a sense of belonging in your family? Kind of you fit with how others are thinking about it. So on a scale of one to five. Same question, um, but among your faith community. Do you have a sense of connection and like-mindedness on the issue with your faith community? Or in your work community, the next question. Or do you feel like an outsider? Because if you feel like an outsider on this issue and these other key communities of your life, your family, faith, or work, it's probably going to exacerbate that relationship versus if you have a sense of like-mindedness with others in your life and other areas, that can decrease the intensity of the difference in the relationship under um, examination right now. And to what extent do you feel like an outsider among your social or recreational community as well?
looking more at the nature of this dynamic, or I'm sorry, of this polarization, polarized issue and how it plays out in your life. On a scale of one to five, when interacting with someone whom you don't know where they stand on the polarizing issue that you're thinking about, to what extent do you feel like you have to self-censor uh, what you would normally say or do? To what extent do you feel like you can be forthcoming with what you think, feel, or believe about the issue? Or do you feel like you have to really censor yourself, not put it out there until you discern where the other person is? It doesn't feel good, generally, to have to censor ourselves. To what extent do you feel like you engage in a discernment dance of trying to assess where other people stand on the polarizing issue? How much is this issue on your mind that when you meet a person, you're interacting with someone, you're wondering where they stand? And you feel like you've got to kind of gently probe, figure it out, do that dance. You put one little piece of information out, you see how they respond to that to figure out where if you guys are aligned or not. That's stressful, to try to figure, it, figure out where a person stands. And because of your stance on the issue that you're thinking about, to what extent are you uncertain of or fear how other people view you because of your belief? You think, wow, you know, people really knew where I stood here, um, they would not like me and this would not go well. So these are dynamics external to the relationship that you're considering that can have great impact on your experience of that um, particular relationship. Okay, now I want you to think about as you look, we finished through this series of questions. Look back at these questions and see which four or five, six dynamics stand out to you as being particularly impactful to why this polarized relationship is so challenging. Kind of reflect back, what is it? Is it because this person's a spouse? That's really challenging. Is it because the issue came up well into the relationship? Is it because there's a power difference and you report to this person or this person's your pastor? Consider which you think are the key uh, impactful elements. Question two, how would you describe what you've lost in the midst of the polarization in this relationship? What have you lost? If the polarization wasn't there, how do you think the relationship would be different? Would you feel safer? Would you feel a greater sense of belonging? Maybe it's at church or in your community. Would you have more peace? Would life just feel easier if you and this person saw things the same way? Do you have a greater sense of connection, support, camaraderie, clear sense of identity? I think of a friend where we stand in different places on a particular issue, and there's a sense of, wow, I wish we could just talk more openly about this issue and the friendship would just seem smoother, more fluid, more whole, more comprehensive versus, oh wow, you know, there's this certain area of life where we see things differently and we've entered into this kind of unspoken 
agreement of we just don't go there and talk about that issue. But we really enjoy the friendship for being able to discuss and talk about and support each other in all these other different ways. We kind of don't talk about this issue. And I, I feel the loss in that friendship of that whole of not seeing things the same way. Question three, where does greater awareness of the dynamics at play in the polarized relationship leave you? So now that you have more awareness of what's going on in the midst of the polarized relationship, where does this leave you? What do you find yourself thinking about, feeling? Do you feel validated? Do you feel a sense of, oh, that explains why this is so hard? because all of these different factors are at work. Do you feel sad? Do you feel angry? Do you feel a sense of relief? Or understanding more about the challenge? Okay, we're gonna transition now to our second part of the presentation. Um, we're going to raise personal awareness and take action for more differentiated relating. Differentiation is the key word here. So I'm going to put whoops, ooh, a chart up here for you. Differentiation, we're talking about differentiation and apply it to polarized relationships. Differentiation is a term from the family therapy literature, Murray Bowen, and he talk, it's a way of describing, it's very complex, it's, it's a fascinating concept to me. It's a way of describing interpersonal health, personal health within yourself, how you relate with you. And it's a way of describing relational health, uh, how you relate with other people and what's healthy or not. It's very comprehensive. Um, so I'm going to take this concept and show you where it shows up in the biblical narrative to make sense of polarized relationships a bit. This will come together, so just kind of bear with me here. So. In the beginning, God created the world and everything was perfect. There was perfect relationship within ourselves, how we see, feel, think about ourselves. There was perfect relationship um, with other people. There was per perfect relationship between people and God. There was perfect relationship between people and the creation itself. Everything was great. Then Adam and Eve disobeyed God. They ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and brokenness and sin entered the world in every way and so all of those different relational impact, relational relationships I just described were impacted ne negatively. So person to person relationship was broken. Person to God relationship was broken. Relationship with ourselves was broken. And relationship between people and the creation was broken. And living now for humanity in a, in a place where things are not the way it's supposed to be, we experience a sense of anxiety. There's this sense of something is not quite right. And when we experience a sense of anxiety, sometimes it's pinned towards ourselves where we experience a sense of shame of something's not quite right with me or just this uneasiness and the sense of things aren't right in the world. We're right because things are not okay and things are not as they were intended. So you're not crazy for feeling anxious. Shame is an understandable feeling to experience. Things are wrong with the world. So there's two primary ways that we as people cope with this inherent anxiety around ourselves and the world that things aren't right. This is often very unspoken. We're not conscious of this. 
But each person has to deal with this sense of anxiety, that there's something wrong. Uh, and we call both of these maladaptive, negative ways of dealing with anxiety, emotional reactivity. And it can look one of two ways. One way that we deal with this existential anxiety is to separate ourselves from relationship with others. And we call this emotional cutoff. So if I'm feeling the sense of things are not okay with who I am or the world, I'm going to move away from people and I am not going to get close to people because if people get close to me, they're going to discover that there's bad things about me and I don't want that. That doesn't feel good. So I'm going to deal with the anxiety that I carry about myself by separating myself from other people. Stay away. Don't get close. I'm not going to share intimately or deeply with you. And again, this isn't conscious, but it's just kind of a way of coping, something that we do. Um, the other way of responding to this anxiety that we carry about ourselves in the world is the exact opposite. This is where we say there's something wrong with me. And so I can fix myself if I get really close to another person and I try to live my life vicariously through them, trying to fix, save, or rescue them or looking for them to fix, save, or rescue me. So I can deal with there's something wrong with me by being close to someone else who I think is okay or maybe I can make them okay to deal with this sense of anxiety and we call that emotional fusion you'll also hear this talked about as codependency that we try to get really close to another person so emotional cutoff and emotional fusions are two bad ways of dealing with the anxiety that we carry about ourselves in the world now we need a better way forward of course and this is where christ comes in relationship with christ looks at the truth of who we are. He looks at the good, bad, and ugly of our sin, of our brokenness, and he says, I see you, and I forgive you, and I love you, and I enter into perfect relationship with you. And oh, by the way, I'm good, I'm perfect, and I'm fully in control of the world, and I can work all bad things for good. That is incredible and amazing. It is a real way of dealing and responding with the truth of the anxiety around who we are and the world that we live in. And so when we hold on to and we live out of and we embrace relationship with Christ, we are empowered to not do the emotional cutoff thing, nor do the emotional fusion thing, but we can enter into healthy, differentiated relationship with ourself and other people. And so having our wholeness found in God, in Christ, say you are forgiven and good. I am freed up to be, make honest assessments about myself and say, you know, I'm really bad in these ways. But it's okay because I'm forgiven in Christ and he's going to work with me to improve that. So I can have an honest relationship with myself. I'm free to feel the things that there are to feel of pain and sorrow in my life. And I'm also free to celebrate the great things about who God has made me to be and the ways that I'm growing and all of this. And I'm freed up in relationship with other people to bring myself forward for real connection and intimacy where I don't feel like I have to hide or I don't feel like I have to fix, save, or rescue the other person, but I am freed up to be known and say, here I am, standing on my own two feet. Let's relate. Let's connect. Let's have a relationship. And I don't have to fix you, and you don't have to fix me, and I don't have to hide from you because I have the freedom in Christ to, to see and acknowledge what is true, including the bad, about me. Um, so that's an explanation of what differentiation is. It's a very healthy relationship with yourself and other people. 
There's a chart as the last page of your handout where I've gone into greater detail here because there is so much in this concept um, to kind of flesh it out more. Um, so we've talked about differentiation. What about polarized relationships? We've got to come back to our topic at hand. Where do polarized relationships hit this chart? What's happening? Ooh, let's double click. So polarized relationships, differences between yourself and another person can trigger our identity and safety fears. When we're, in a, when we're relating with somebody who's in a really different place than us, it can make us feel like, well, maybe I'm wrong, and I don't want to acknowledge this, but maybe I'm actually wrong. Or maybe if, you know, maybe it's the kind of the opposite of that. Like, no, 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 I know what I believe, I think, and it's right, but you're wrong, and if your way wins the day, my life's going to be ruined, and I'm not going to be okay. And the world that I live in, because of you and your people, is going to be bad. And so I'm not going to be okay because of that. And so polarized relationships trigger our anxiety that there's something wrong with me or there's something wrong in the world. And it's not going to be okay. So polarized relationships become this profound opportunity to embrace Christ for hope and peace with who he's created you to be, that you're accepted, you're forgiven in him, even when you're wrong on some of the issues of the day. And he is good and in control of the whole world, so come what may, God will redeem and work all things for good. God is the one who brings justice at the end of the day. And it doesn't mean there aren't real hurts and disappointments and losses in the world because of how certain things play out, but it does mean we have hope in him and so we're freed up in relationship to relate with each other and not feel like, oh my gosh, you're a threat to me and my world. Again, it doesn't mean there's not real impact, but the bigger picture is God is in control, he is good, and you are forgiven in Christ. And so that offers a whole different way of relating. Um, so let's take these big concepts and make it more specific, get your feet on the ground. So how do we actually do differentiation in a practical way. Um, so turn in your handout to, the, to another question number one under the differentiation <coughs> section. So something I want you to ask yourself. When you're in conversation with the person, so we're going to go back to that relationship you started with at the beginning, polarized relationship. When you're in conversation with this person and you find yourself emotionally dysregulated, i.e. heated, upset, angry, how do you tend to feel about yourself? So not just feel in general, but how do you start to feel about you or your identity or your sense of safety? We can add that too. Take a look at the uh, feelings listed there, circle a couple. So when you're upset in this polarized relationship, you're heated, you're angry, how do you feel about yourself or your sense of safety? For the sake of time, I'm going to keep moving because you can go back and spend more time yourself thinking this through because you've got it all here. The next thing to consider is when you're feeling those feelings that you circled in question one, how do you tend to react to the person? What do you start to do in the conversation or in the relationship in general? All of these words could be categorized as blame, shame, control, or escape. Blame, shame, control, or an escape 
for emotional cutoff or emotional fusion. They can land in different places. The escape responses, the pulling away, tend to be over here. Um, the blame and the control responses tend to be over here. And the shame response can find itself on either side of the continuum here. But what do you tend to do? Number three, consider how does the person react to you? So when you start blame, shame, control, or escaping, as it looks in all these different ways that are listed on your handout, how do they respond to you? Probably not well. So you could go back um, to that same list, list for question number two and say, how do they respond to you? Do they get demanding? Do they get judgmental? Do they start to threaten or hold grudges? What do they do? So this is helping to identify what does your emotional reactivity look like? And in, um, at the Boone Center, we have a program called Relate Strong, and we talk about the pain and the peace cycles. Our pain cycle is essentially our emotional reactivity. It looks like a fusion or cutoff. And so questions one and two are helping you identify what is my pain cycle? What do I do when I'm triggered up here? Um, so what we need to ask next is how do we do something better? How do we start relating here out of what we would call our peace cycle? So this is our pain cycle in red, our peace cycle, our better way, our healthier way of living, living out of the truth of who Christ is. Um, so look at question four there and ask, what is true about you in respect to your relationship with Christ, what you believe about yourself, and what other, or you could also ask, what do others in close relationship with you that you trust have to say about you that's positive, what's actually true? And you want to find words that speak to the painful feelings you identified in question one. So let's say in question one you feel powerless. The truth would be in Christ you do have some power. It's not an all or nothing thing. You're not entirely powerless, but you do have some power. You do have some control. If you feel unworthy or insignificant in the polarized relationship, what is actually true in Christ? You do have worth, you do have value. You get the idea. And then, um, question five, how do you respond to the other person? So instead of blame, shame, control, or escape, cut off confusion, you want to do the opposite. Instead of blaming others, you want to nurture others. Instead of shaming yourself, you want to value yourself. Instead of control, you want to offer balance, give and take. Instead of escape, you want to stay reliably connected. And you see that listed um, on your handout in question five. And this would be you know, what we call differentiation. Nurture others, value self, balance, give and take, or reliable connection. And those, the list of words for question five could all be categorized in those four big categories. And then question six, consider how is a person, the person in your mind that you've been thinking about going to respond to you differently when you start nurturing them, having balance give and take, staying connected instead of escaping, and not shaming yourself, valuing yourself. How is that going to change the nature of how you relate? So when you start living in peace, your peace cycle, <coughs> i.e. a differentiated way of living, it's going to change the quality of the relationship. It doesn't mean y'all are going to see eye to eye, but the way you interact is going to be different. So question seven, other possible steps to take um, in addition to holding on to the truth of who you are in Christ, which 
is what you uh, answered in question four. Other possible strategies to relate well. Focus on how Christ sees that person. Christ wants relationship with them too. Maybe Christ has relationship with them too. Christ's blood was shed for them as well. Make it a point to explore and address your anxiety. Spend time journaling around what is actually triggered my identity and sense of safety. What am I afraid of? That's a question here. Try to get to the bottom of what are you afraid of based on this difference of happening. <coughs> Learn how to better show your math. So if you know you land in a certain place on a polarized issue, take the time to know how you got there, that you could explain it to yourself. And this, again, it's not so much so you can tell the other person, but it's so you can have a greater sense of confidence and peace within yourself of knowing why you believe what you do, that that can lower your anxiety in the polarized relationship. Uh, I've heard this quote that I appreciate. Freedom is speaking the truth with care and clarity. And so we want to get to a place where we can say what we believe, doing it with care towards the other person and clarity. And care and clarity for yourself as well. Really make it a point to listen to the other person, hear what they're saying, get behind their mind and understand. Okay. Uh, Question eight, I really enjoy this one. This one is helpful to me personally. Create um, a drawing, a picture, or you can use a couple words, for what you want it to look like for you to live out authentic, connected relationship with this person. So when you're in the heat of the moment and you need a shorthand to ground yourself and calm down, what is an image that you can think of? So here's a for instance. Uh, when I think of a certain relationship with someone in my life, I like to picture this person clothed in white, wearing white clothes as this, like that is how Christ sees them. And that can ground me when I feel upset and heated. So think about some type of image or two words or something that can help ground you in the truth when you're relating with this person. We have a couple, uh, just a couple minutes for the role of grief here. Um, grieving is what I like to say is authentically living in the pain of what is. It's acknowledging loss that is present. And again, we're freed up to do this because we have hope in Christ that he is good, he's in control, he can redeem all things. And so with that foundation, we are free to be able to acknowledge hurt and pain because we can then be with Christ and he can comfort us there. Um, so returning back to reflection question number two on page four, so this is going back, um, when you were thinking about what was lost in the relationship, can consider what stage of grief do you think you're in? So as you named these losses, belonging, safety, ease, simplicity, peace, etc., do you feel like you've really wrestled with that or are you in denial? It's easy for me to be in denial of what has been lost in certain relationships and just not really sit down and appreciate, wow, this is tough, this is hard, something has been lost here. Or are you in a state of anger? Do you try to bargain with God or the other person of, oh, if things could be different? Do you feel a sense of despair that everything is ruined? Or do you feel like you're in a place of acceptance? And what would it take you to move one step forward in this grieving process? And grieving can be cyclical. You go through the stages again and again. 
Question two is a way to help you move closer towards acceptance. Uh, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read through there, those, but this is really something to come back to, journal, spend time with. Um, and again, grief is so helpful because it invites you to live in what is really happening, which also then frees you up to relate more fully. It's kind of like cleaning out the plaque in your arteries of like being able to process and work through the grief, the losses that are there. Um, okay, I hope this was helpful. I know it was quick. Uh, you've got those questions to review and appreciate why is this so difficult. The chart up there helps you understand that polarized relationships trigger anxiety about who we are and our sense of safety in the world. And the pain and peace cycle questions can help you move forward practically in relationship. If you want to go deeper with the pain and peace cycles concepts, um, we are offering an online training at the Boone Center, May 20th and 21st, online, so easy access wherever you live. Um, it's an amazing training to go deep into the pain and peace cycle of how do you relate better um, in your marriage and relationships within your family generally, relationships at work, etc. It won't be focused on polarized relationships in particular, but relationships in general with the pain and peace cycle. So thank you all so much for being here. I saw a hand for a question. Yeah, I just want to ask, where can we access that? The training? Yes. Um, there is a flyer right here that has the website and ways to be in touch to sign up for it. Great question. And if you'd like to be added to the Boone Center mailing list, you can sign, out, sign up on a card here, and then we can stay in touch with you about different programming that the Boone Center offers about healthy relationships. Thank you again.